Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 13. Today we continue our arc of the archetype with our control deck, Grand Arbiter Augustin IV, the controlliest of control cards. Before we talk about him, hit our theme song. Hey, Ron, we're back for another episode. How you feeling? Oh, good. It's and you good. nailed the intro oh, first time. It doesn't happen very often. Never. Uh, never happens. <laughs> Magic Radio. Yep. Spicy editing. So what's going down? Not a whole ton. I think we're just back here getting ready for our... The one that I'm kind of looking forward to the least in our arc, I think. I'm not a control player. I think control decks okay. aren't the most fun. I That's think, just me. I think that you could speak to this deck, though, because you've seen it be played a lot. I totally it, it can. It used to be one of my decks. Yep. And last week we we said, oh, yeah, well, let's do it. And then I said, no, I got to rebuild it. No, yeah. no, let's do it. No. Yeah. And then one day you text him and yeah, I rebuilt it. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, it's back. And uh, you can, of course... Find the list on tappedout.com forward slash users. Oh, yeah, .net forward slash users forward slash CCO podcast. Or just search CCO podcast. All of our deck lists will come out. You can friend and follow us there too, apparently. Uh, That's a thing. That's a thing that happens. If you want to check us out on Twitter, we are at CCO podcast. We're going to get to, I think, a contest announcement right after that. So CCO podcast on Twitter, you're going to want to make note of that. If you want to get a hold of us with something more than 144 characters, you can check us out at Commander Cookout. At gmail.com. We can't be CCO at gmail.com. This is Christian Coalition Outreach. Jacked our email address. We're still pissed about it, and we're going to get them. Worst ever. Um, couple things. Couple we didn't things. talk about the contest last week. No. Nope. But I think it is notable to mention that you need to, A, tell people what openflippy.drinky is. Yep. And we are going to send somebody, eh, let's say, some random packages of Magic the Gathering if you can retweet Follow, share, subscribe, any kind of interaction that gets somebody else that you know on social media engaged with CCO Podcast. That's that, important. That's our way of saying we will bribe you to help us, help get our name out there. Yeah. Yep. So just the more you interact with us, the more chance you have of us sending you some stuff. We will bribe you. Yeah, we are bribing you <laughs> yes. to help us out. And we have all sorts of packs here in town. We can't guarantee that we're going to you know, send you some alpha, but I mean, Ooh. you'll get something fun. And the worse the pack is, which is wonderful for the game we're going to talk about, which is openflippy.drinky, um, the worse the pack is, often the more fun you're going to have playing this game, especially yes. if you're already a few beer deep. Oh, baby. Yes. Like we were at the barbecue. Oh. Oh, man. Oh, we were hammered. Uh, I know. Evan didn't even leave. Yeah, he just slept we on the couch. We got up the next morning and ate eggs on my deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um. I think important to note once we start talking about openflippy.drinky that you could do it with cubes as well, which we have done. Yeah, which is also lots of fun. Yep. Um, and I like cube because I've, uh, and you too, I assume you like cube because you've played magic for so long. You don't yeah. actually have to read what any of the cards do. You're just like, oh yeah, that card and that card. And you yeah. know what every other car- every card does. Yes. And the other thing is there aren't really any rules. <laughs> yeah. There are There are rules. But, but they're kind of more like... Um, suggestions. Suggestions, and yeah. they are certainly open to interpretation. Yeah, and they're definitely fluid rules. Yes. So, so open flippy.drinky. Now, yep. we will, now, if you like, share, retweet, repost, just get us out there. T- get us tattooed on yourself, you'll automatically win. Yep. If anybody tattoos our logo on themselves, you win. Just period. Yep. So keep that in mind if you're really desperate to play this game. Mm-hmm. On our Unless dime. it's on your ass. 
I don't even care if it's on your ass. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Don't even care. As okay. long as it's there. Tattoo your butt. You're going to show that to somebody, and they're going to know that we exist, and that's great. Yep. So anyway, actually, if you get it tattooed on your ass, we will make your ass tattoo our new logo. <laughs> oh, it's so excellent. Yes. <laughs> that, there it is. So it will be on the internet for friggin' ever. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to be. Okay, so openflippy.drinky is a game that we came up with one time while playing Cube, I believe. Uh, that's when we named it. Yes. It we, existed before then. And we were all just too drunk to play magic anymore. So we just took the packs that we had built and we put them face down in front of us and you flip over your top card and everybody looks at it and whoever got, at the time, it was just whoever got the, the, the shittiest card took a drink. Yep. Almost like sociables. Yep. It's just like so. And then over time, it has evolved to whoever gets the worst card. Ah, it has devolved. <laughs> <laughs> it has evolved to, or devolved to... Whoever gets the worst card takes a drink. If you get your basic land, you drink. If you get a mythic or a rare, you drink. If you get a crappy mythic or rare, you drink twice. And if you get a foil mythic, you finish your drink. Oh, baby. So it's a, it's a great drinking game. And, I mean, you can play it with yep. everybody brings a pack or everybody. What we've been doing over the last couple, and I got skunked when we played at the barbecue. I bought, what did I buy? Three packs of Amonkhet, yep. and then a pack of Eternal Masters, and a pack of Modern Masters 2015. Right. I spent $50 on five packs, yeah. and I got skunked. The most expensive thing that I got was a Gamble, Gamble. which is like seven bucks. Yeah. My Great card, but... My Amonkhet rares were like 39 cents each. I got a Summoner's Trap, and I got a Gamble. Summoner's Trap. So terrible. Summoner's so I got trap. skunked. Um, but we did drink lots, fun yep. times had by all. And that's the best point, is even when you get a crappy pack, like, oh, I paid $14 for this pack. Oh, what's your rare? Control magic. <laughs> Control <laughs> magic. What we did, because we didn't have enough packs for all of the people around my table, was yeah. took the, all the packs, shuffled them all together, and then just distributed them into like 13 piles, because there was like 17 people at my place. Yeah, or all just drinking, flipping, yeah. flipping cards, and so it's each, great. Each player flipped like seven or eight cards, and we finished a beer in the matter of like 10 minutes. Yep, it's a super fun way to just open packs and just have fun. Like we, I think we opened Flippy.Drinky to Booster Box once, did we not? Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we opened a Eternal, no, uh, we did Modern Masters 1. Yeah, modern Open flippy. Yeah, two hundred dollar box at the time, or three hundred dollar box, whatever it was, it was. and yeah. we didn't even play with any of the cards. We just opened them and drank beer. And what we did was drafted the first one and played like two rounds, and we're like, <laughs> "This is so boring. Let's just finish it." Yeah, yeah. Let's open flippy the rest of it. It's yeah. a great time, and I highly recommend that all of you try it. And if you take part in our show, contest, you can do it in our dime. You can take a couple of packs that we'll send you, and just you'll get some new cards. You'll see some new things you probably haven't seen before. And you get to have a super fun time with your friends. Yeah. And you get hammered, if that's your thing. If you're not into being hammered, you can play it with soda or water or without drinking. If you're not diabetic, you could do it with Oreo cookies. Take a bite of your cookie every time you get a... Absolutely. Yeah. There's all sorts of ways to play this game. It's open to interpretation. And if you get new <laughs> fun rules that you think should be hard, fast, and always existent, like the ones I told you, send those in. That's an entry into the contest. Absolutely. now you're to next leveling us. At CCO Podcast or CommanderCookout at gmail.com or yep. even... Uh, tapped out, Facebook, yeah, Commander Society, that. comment, don't care. Yeah, as long as we're, we're tagged in it. Also, where you could uh, be hearing about this contest right now, I hope, because we forget to mention it because it's new, we're on iTunes, Ooh. Commander Cookout, search it on iTunes, add us to your RSS feeds and stuff. No excuses to not hear our show. Talked about the shirt, I'm wearing it right now. Had it made. If somebody calls me out on it, I will make a Facebook post with it. <laughs> 
So Excellent. do not call me out, people. Yep. Okay, so into the main part of the show, shall we? Yes. Um, control deck. This is, I guess, the third episode in the arc of the archetype. We are talking about Grand Arbiter Og the Fourth. What a dirt bag. Yeah. What a can dirt sandwich. Him, can we call him Gave for short? G-A-A-I-V? Gave? Gave? Sure, as long as nobody confuses it with Gave. Not the same. Not the same. Gave. We can call him Gave. Gave. Yeah. So let's give him a read because yep. he's a dick. We talked about him two weeks ago, but we'll read him again. So yeah, he is a 2-3 human advisor for blue, white, two. And he says, white spells you cast cost one less to cast. Blue spells you cost cast cost one less to cast. Holy. And spells your opponents cast cost one more to cast. Duh. So right off the bat, he is speeding up the control deck by a turn, let's call it, and slowing down the aggro deck or combo deck yep. by, let's call it, a turn. Yep. And... That is from the turn you play him forward. And he can pop out on turn two. Yeah, and I ha actually have a note right here. When we talk about the lines of play, most powerful thing you can do in this deck is turn one soul ring, turn two Grand Arbiter. Yep. Because all your shit's going to be cheaper and all theirs is going to be more expensive. Yep. I just want to make a quick note just on the, the card physically, if you ever get a look at it. You know that card, Droning Bureaucrats? There's a card called Droning Bureaucrats, and whenever I picture a Droning Bureaucrat, it's Grand Arbiter. Oh, yeah. Every single time. It's just a, a thing for me. He's sitting up on a big high throne with, like, some servants and stuff. Yeah, he just, he looks like a jerk bag. Yeah. Like, uh, I think that's the point. I think that when you get those control snobs, oh, I'm so good at magic, they look like this freaking guy in their heads. <laughs> yeah. That's what they look like in their yes. stupid, they're flipping their effing cards, and they got their hat pulled down over their damned eyes. And they look like a crackhead in real life, but in their heads, they look like this dude. With neck beards. With neck beards. Ugh. Neck beards like the guys from Snow Covered Lands. Boo! We Eat haven't that, trash boys. talked them in a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, back at it. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the saddle, as yeah. it were. Can't wait to see what you do with Shadowmore, you tools. <laughs> in all honesty, I do like their episodes. Yeah, they're they're actually pretty I listened to one of them's good. Oh yeah? Yeah. Very yeah. excellent. Yeah. I want them to do the rest of the invasion block. <laughs> Just that's me. I'm gonna do masks. Have they done masks? They should do masks Ooh, if they haven't. Have they done masks? That's my favorite one because it's so bad. Yeah. yeah, tells you a lot about. They me make them all magic. sound good though. Yeah, they make this. They make. I the guess that's sound, why that's why great. their show is good. Yeah. Um. So listen to it, or else. Yeah. Let's talk about Grand Arbiter. He is certainly a control deck. I call him if Cranko is pure aggro. Oh, yep. This is pure control, reminiscent of old school blue-white control from back in the day. Right. Like counterspell dot Sarah Angel dot deck. Yep. And it's just going to grind out and win the slow game. Yep. So let's talk about a little bit of the recipe here. It is nine creatures. Not very many. No, but everything in the deck gains you some kind of an advantage. Right. Typically some kind of card advantage like we talked about two weeks ago. Now be that drawing you a card or denying your opponent's card. Yeah, but in mass, not one for one. Okay. Because one for one is parity, and that's not really... A, that's not advantage. That's not card advantage, right? right? Some things give you a virtual card advantage where you do something and it gives you like a, a greater game presence, like it puts token into play or something. Right. Isn't really a card, but if you had 
two or three tokens generated off of the same thing, starts to become a card, right? Right, like a Bitter Blossom. Yeah, or... Yeah. Like, Not in this deck, obviously, but... No, but uh, Scroll Rack. Scroll Rack's a good one. Big time card selection. And if you can card select into draw spells or um, mass removal spells, that starts to generate some advantage that way, right? That's a card I think people underestimate. I think a lot of people look at that and say, well, it's only good if you play it early and you've got a bunch of cards in your hand. Oh, That's, man, scroll rack so you good. Can do, you can tuck away, like if somebody tries to mess with your hand, you can tuck away your good stuff. You can arrange the top of your library. You can always, it's so yeah. You know versatile. what, I think, I think not a lot of people play it because it's almost $28. That too. And I guess we'll give it a read here. It's two mana for an artifact. It says one tap, exile any number of cards from your hand face down. Put that many cards from the top of your library into your hand. Then look at the exiled cards and put them on top of your library in any order. So essentially what you're doing is taking any number of cards from your hand, rearranging them onto the top of your deck, and taking that many cards from the top of your deck into your hand. Switching top and hand. Yes, right. It's good. It's cool. And without the with the way that it's worded, also, which is important, it gets around things like underworld dreams. Just a little. Oh, look at that! And just a little little thing. Yeah. Little tip. Discard effects or draw effects. Yep. Or or um, negative draw effects, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So very excellent card goes hand in hand with Sensei's divining, 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 divining top. You're the English major. Yay! Which also lets you rearrange the top of your library if you do that enough times. It does. Gain a distinct advantage, yeah. especially when you play it with fetch lands or other, I guess, tutor effects that lets you see three cards. Don't like those. Tutor or fetch. Get rid of them. Look at it again. Three more cards. That's six cards that you've seen, and one of them you could have potentially drawn with top. Yep. So super important those to are very powerful generate effects. that incremental advantage or accumulated value like we touched on a couple weeks ago as well. Yes. But not really what the deck is about. When we look at the nine creatures, lots of them are big, beefy beaters. We've got a, we've got an Ulamog in there. We've got a Sun Titan. Oldamog, that's yeah. important. Oldamog. Oldamog, yeah, the one with Annihilator because I think that he beats just a little bit harder than Milling for Twenty. Yeah, Milling for Twenty is okay, oh, but we it's talked not... about Mill last week, and I said it's random. Yep. Okay, Milling around. for Twenty, while it's still random, does can hurt. Yeah, milling twen Milling one, two, three, four off of a. I forget what that artifact's called now. Um, um, Alter the Brood. Alter the Brood is a lot different than mill a, f well, probably by the time you're playing this guy, mill a quarter of the cards you have left. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a big hit. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still random and it's still not as impactful as you'd think, but. You know what? With Nulamog and Oldamog, like they're both going to hit you probably four times and kill you. Instead of, milling you to death at the same time they're damaging you to death yeah. i'd rather have eliminated or annihilated 16 of your permanents if i'm yeah. hitting you four times with ulamog to kill you anyway yeah oh way yeah. better plus kill a thing when he comes into play uh the new one kills two things oh yeah that's, that's better. right that's better yeah so that that is better yeah. but annihilator kills four. 16 things yeah fucking <laughs> awesome right? yes Especially when you can bounce them and replay them again, which we'll talk about later on in the deck. So it's got beaters. It's got um, a couple other control cards. We'll get to those in a sec. Let's move on. The rest of the recipe. Instance, 17. Sorceries, 9. So you know what this deck, it's a spell slinging deck, right? Yeah. It's going to hold back as much information as it can. If combo played everything, or sorry, if aggro from last week played everything above board, yep. 
everything's on the table, this plays as little on the table as it can other than to protect itself. Right. Because you're holding it all in your hand, um, a la Counterspell, Wrath of God, and... Uh, Stuff like propaganda doesn't do you any good when it's in your hand, but you see the point. Exactly. This is one of those decks where you might, if you only have a couple of cards in your hand, you kind of might skip a land drop just to make people think you have Ooh, more... Oh, yeah. You have more Especially if you already have eight or nine lands yeah, to play. Because you're drawing skip a, lots of cards. Yeah, right? don't skip a land drop if you need the land drop, but there are times where you... Skip that land drop. That's Sand, an aggro trick too. Sandbagging land cards late game. Yep. yep. There's your tip of the week. Yep. Sandbag your lands, kids. Yep. Only if you have enough. Yeah, if you have enough. Yep. It'll be a pleb. Yeah. Or a noob. Or bad. <laughs> yeah, or just bad. That's yeah. Enchantments, tutors, planeswalkers. Got eight and eight and four. That's 20 cards total that uh, are going to give you some other form of advantage that right. we're going to talk about. 38 lands. Lots of land. In a, in a card draw heavy deck, 38 is lots, but some of them do give you an additional advantage as well. Do. Is the mana base in this deck greedy? I don't think that it is. We haven't mentioned greedy mana bases in like a week. <laughs> yeah, it's been a full week. <laughs> no, um, I don't think that it is. Like It plays lots of stuff that gives you colored mana. Very important. Which is important. Yep. It plays multiples of both of the basics. It plays lots of things that give you two colors. And there are tutors that find artifacts, and it even plays artifact lands in case you're land light. You can tutor for those lands and put them directly into play, a la Tezzeret the Seeker. It's a good one. Uh, I like it because it's... Let's give Tezzeret a read now that I'm thinking about it because uh, I was talking to F.U. Little Ben, and... He didn't even think to use Tezzeret like that. So he's a Planeswalker for blue, blue, three, Planeswalker Tezzeret. His plus one, is, uh, sorry, he's four loyalty. Right. His plus one is untap two target artifacts. Whatever. Um, it's good for ramp. That's yeah, ramping. Fine. If you've yeah. got something, right? His minus X is search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost X or less and put it onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. And then his minus five is... Artifacts and artifacts you control become artifact creatures with base power and toughness 5-5 five, five until end of turn. That's pretty good too. So Tezzeret acts as a tutor for zero drop artifacts for the cost of minus zero loyalty. That's really, I never thought of that either. Uh, that's actually. excellent, I right? Like that, you find yeah. the artifact lands and... It finds your seed of the sign or whatever. Yeah, 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 that's the blue artifact land. That's, that's right. A, that's a good one. I like that. Yep. So he's cool. Um... Eight tutors in the deck. We're going to talk about that in a minute once yeah, we get through a little bit yeah. more of the... We'll hit that uh, spicy calculator. And then oof, we'll, yeah, you know what? It's yeah. not bad, but there's certainly some things that could change if we wanted to make a very much more unique deck. Right. Card draw. 11 cards are going to find you more cards, right? And goes back to everything is giving you some form of, a, some form of an advantage. Yes. Downside to that is some of those cards are actually quite expensive. When you look at, well, we talked about... Are we talking about, expensive in mana cost or in money cost? In money cost. Yeah. When we talk about, I don't know, Consecrated Sphinx, he's almost 20 bucks now. It's outrageous. A four, six, whenever an opponent draws a card, you draw a card. Two. Two. Two cards. Two That's cards. why he's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just uh, something like that is, if you want to draw cards... It's probably going to... It's it's your probably your, your best bet, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yep. Targeted removal, including Planeswalkers, because we've got bouncers and uh, tappers and stuff a la Jace the Mind Sculptor and stuff. 15. Lots. 
and that includes that's, a, that's not lots. I guess that's regular. Yeah, that, that also deck. includes creatures and counter spells, right? So there's 15 ways to target something to kill it. Right. When we're talking about mass removal, there's another five, and in those two sections, Cyclonic Rift that we talked about two weeks ago, yep. is in both sections because you can use Cyclonic Rift as single targeted bounce. Then you could later on in that game snapcaster and overload overload it, it. Yep. and mass bounce mass bounce all of your opponent stuff swing in with Ulamog and then get all their lands because you mass bounced everything else yep. so sick and dirty very powerful very yeah. dirty very controlling when you talk about yeah. that's a control play denying somebody's mana base yeah. is straight up very very powerful mm. very. Uh, eh. Yeah. Not so cool yeah, there's all sorts of words that I'm thinking in my head that I don't use on this show to yeah. describe that kind of stuff. Yeah, F for sure. Joel. For sure. And uh, you could even, after that, bounce your own Ulamog with something like Crystal Shard yep. and then play him again because the deck runs a lot of ramp. Yep. Crystal Shard will bounce it to your hand unless you pay one mana, but you're not gonna. You can play your Ulamog again and destroy another permanent, which was probably another one of their lands if you cyclonic rifted everything. Exactly. Yep. Um, ramp spells. Spells specifically, zero. Ooh. Mana rocks and dorks, nine. That's including Tezzeret. Dorks in the deck. Dorks in the deck, yeah. Yeah. There aren't any dorks, though. They're all rocks. Whatever. Rocks in the docks. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired again. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yep. So very slow, grindy, political... Kind of have to analyze the table from the highest level, and like you talked about maybe a couple weeks ago, counter the correct thing. Yeah, you gotta know your meta to play control. I, I, that's why I don't like to play it, and it's why I think people have a very high opinion of themselves when they exclusively play it because you Ooh, need, yeah, you need such a so much information. You have to the single target counterspell which is why a couple weeks ago I brought up Zergo as a really good control general because he controls he doesn't care about that single thing because he wipes out everything he controls everything whereas when you're sitting there and you've got a force of will and a mana drain and a counterspell in your hand that's three individual things you can stop for three cards well four cards if you pay the alternate cost on force exactly now when you're sitting there looking at your stuff thinking okay what am I going to do with my cards are you going to counter the Genesis wave for 40? Obviously. Obviously, you're going to counter that. Yep. Are you going to counter the Goblin Sledder? Yeah, that's right. Are, Do, you, are you going to... Are you going to counter the 1-1 one, one for 1? Are you going to counter Cranko the first time he hits the battlefield? Yeah. Or are you going to counter it when you need to cast something else, but you have to cast Cranko again because you destroyed it out instead of countering it? Right? Exactly. So you can't cast Cranko yeah. a third time. Yeah. It's super important to know where to use those right. counter spells. And that's why counter spells in big games, while control does have an advantage in that kind of long grindy game as they would they tend to be when you're in six players, it's also way harder to control the board because it's not always going to be a gen wave for 40. It's going to be a goblin sledder for one while they have a fecundity in play and all of a sudden they just wipe you out. Yeah. Or you... Well, and if have, you're asking what all of those cards are doing yeah. or what all of those cards do, well, that's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Right? You got to know that. Yeah. You need to know that Genesis Wave for 40 flips over the top 40 cards of their deck and they're probably going to get 100% of them into play. Mm -hmm. Whereas a Goblin Sledder, it's a sack of dude to give a dude plus one, plus one. You usually wouldn't counter that. But in some cases, you got it. The other thing that makes these 
types of decks very difficult to play in the same manner that Brando was talking about is the in-game manipulation, right? Yep. When you're talking about what artifact do you search for with Tezzeret, what thing do you tutor for, what combo do you look for to win, what cards do you stack in what order with top or scroll rack, what creature do you recur, what creature do you bounce, or do you self-bounce? Do you bounce your own guy to destroy another permanent with Ulamog, or do you bounce that other creature because Ulamog is going to take care of it on the attack, yep. right? Do you bounce your mnemonic wall and then play it again to get back your time warp, or do you tutor and play uh, propaganda, yep. right? What do you do? All are, all are important control questions. As we talked about last week and I guess two weeks ago too, the... Uh, the way you play a card, like the way you tap your spells, the way you physically put down the card, you can be kind of aggressive when you're playing aggro and you can be animated. It's harder to do that with a control deck because people inherently don't like the control deck. Yeah, you they know what it, like you know what it kind of turns stuff. into is is this deck just plays enough counter spells, bounce, removal, whatever you want to call it, to have people stop when they cast something and say, does it resolve? Or yeah. can I attack, right? It's, it's not quite a permission deck, but it's controlling enough that it makes people second guess, glance over, and you kind of throw your hands up and say, yeah, I'm tapped out, or, uh, yeah, no, let's f do it. You're not hitting me. Kill him. Yeah, and right? you got you got to be careful with that sort of stuff because if you're really big and posturing and, like, you know, unplumed peacock playing a control deck <laughs> like this, you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to get gang You are going to get beat down. Yeah. And when when the control deck makes themselves a target, which in our meta sometimes happens, especially with this deck, you just you get beat up. Well, and the other thing too about Grand Arbiter is people really just dislike playing against him because he throws your deck off. Yeah, right. Not just with his counters removal, mass removal. He's going to stop the aggro deck. He's going to stop the uh, the combo deck. The combo deck. He's also going to like we talked about slow them down a turn. Yeah. Right. Um, people just don't like that. They yeah. want to play their own game and calm, or sorry, control forces you to not play that game. Exactly. Forces you to play my game. Exactly. Right? So you really have to be aware of what's going on. And you have to that be very also conscious. includes taking a back seat sometimes and just saying, yeah, okay, yeah. that's fine. Sometimes it means letting that big spell resolve. It means letting that gen wave for 40 resolve because they don't have haste. So let that gen wave for 40 resolve, but counter that goblin sledder because it's going to make them <laughs> win right now. And then wrath the board the next turn. Exactly. Right? Like you got to know that stuff. You got to not, you got to be really, really careful with your plays. Just like playing aggro where you got to slow it down, speed it up, play that tempo game. You got to do the same thing with control, but kind of on the opposite side of the coin. Yeah. And I think that, I guess that plays into what we talked about two weeks is there's no, two weeks ago, there's no catch all control. Nope. There's no perfect way to build it. Um, for example, this deck doesn't deal with the graveyard so well. So if you are a graveyard-based combo deck or a graveyard-based recursion aggro deck, let's call it, those sure. exist. Sure, yeah. Um, you might want to switch some of my inclusions to include something like a rest in peace. Yeah, I was just going to say. You just when when rest something in peace. hits the graveyard, it gets exiled. Yep. Right? Play your Tormod's Crypt. Yeah. It's a zero drop, right? You can put it in any deck. And really. you can find it with Tezzeret for free. You can find it with Tezzeret for free? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you can. I like a card called Allay. Allay. Let's give let's give that a read. It's an instant from Exodus for white and one. Just like capsize, it has buyback for three and yeah. it destroys target enchantment. It's a good one. Yeah. I like that for our metagame. 
we do play an enchantment heavy mana I'm, game. I'm already playing Capsize because the deck can generate infinite mana and bounce everything right. to control. And Capsize is just a killer control card because oh, yeah. it's blue, blue, one, bounce target permanent. And you can get land with it. You can get land with it. Buy back for three. So you just pay six and bounce. Six bounce, six bounce, six bounce, right? LA is, am I saying that right? LA? Yeah. A-L-L-A-Y? That's LA. Is, is five, destroy an enchantment, destroy an enchantment, destroy an enchantment. If I was worried about those enchantments going to the graveyard, maybe I would take something else out and put rest and peace in. Sure. Right? Um, or maybe I would take a layout and put rest and peace in if I'm worried about graveyard decks. Right. More worried about enchantments in our meta yeah. than I am Yeah, there's, decks. there's only a few graveyard heavy decks that we play in our yeah, meta. Yeah, one of them is mine. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just an example of how you can kind of tweak the list based on your metagame. Yes. Right? Metagame, very important. Know yeah. your meta. Spice to taste, if you will. Right? Yeah, that's, that's I like, like that. The kind of there it is. Cookout thing. Um, I guess with this deck too, you're you're kind of it's uh, you're kind of blessed that white and blue can kind of do everything. If you look at yes. your two mana counter spells as like terror or doomblade, yeah. right? And people get all butthurt about getting their spells countered, just like getting milled. Getting your yeah. spell countered is that's a tilt thing. I'm I'm guilty of that. It, it's I am. A, it's a tilt thing, but I I tend to look at it so as as means to not get tilted as Oh, well, if it didn't have haste and it went a turn around the table back to me and at the end of my opponent's turn, he doombladed my guy, I would have gotten zero effect or play out of that creature as long as it didn't have an ETB effect. If he countered it or if he doombladed it, it's the same thing, right? Now, counter gets around enter the battlefield effects, so I get that. Yeah. Uh, counters get around haste. Yeah, counters doom, get around all sorts own, of stuff. Right? Yeah. But realistically, like if I'm spending five mana on a creature and somebody counters it or Doomblades it, they've spent the same amount of mana. They've yeah. spent the same amount of cards. They tempo advantaged me, I get it. But yeah. it's not any different. To me, anyways, I don't know. Yeah. It's um, all in how you look at it. Yeah, I suppose. The next thing we want to talk about is, like we talked about two weeks ago, how the archetypes kind of bleed together. Right. And... Control decks need finishers. Yes, that's super important. That's like if I think the douchiest thing you can do in Magic, and I hate using that word, but the the worst thing you can do in Magic is play a deck like this or a dis, destroy land dot deck land destruction deck, yeah, and not have a win condition. Yeah. That is the worst. Yeah, and even if the win condition is infinite mana, I win the game. Okay, I'll sit out and drink beer so everybody else can finish. Yep, at least I finished. That you right. had a finish in the deck. JJ has one. F you, JJ. He has that one black deck that doesn't have a win. A win in it. condition. And it's, that's why I always kill that deck. Yeah, it's just got it's rats and do removal, anything. and it's you can't attack me, take damage. It's got nothing that actually beats you in it. It's just got a bunch of little crappy dudes. That's that, why I, I, I get them on a short leash with that deck. He's yeah. like, put them to 10, and it's like, okay, if you try any of this nonsense, you're dead. Yeah, like his favorite card in that deck is living end or living death or both of them i think he plays both of them and <laughs> it's just and he just plays it for no value he gets nothing out of it he it just eradicates all of his creatures and gets him nothing but it eliminates you know what i mean yeah it's just like don't piss do off that. deck they don't play decks that you're trying to just piss off your opponents till they scoop yeah that's not nobody counts that as a win for that you. would be the uh the black equivalent of the i want to build mono blue permission dot deck Yep. Right. I want to build mono black, destroy everything dot deck. It's something that newer magic players might want to check off their bucket list. Yeah. Play Harobi. Go back and listen to episode one. 
Yep. Play, play that deck. Play that one. At least it's fun. And yep. everybody has fun kind of interacting with that one. For That's the first good... time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we talk about finishers and how archetypes bleed together. So yep. let's talk about introducing combo into Grand Arbiter control. Yes. And I'll give you a couple examples. We talked Gabe. about... Yeah, Gabe. We talked about Mind Over Matter. Yes, we did. It's an enchantment. Discard a card from your hand and tap or untap target artifact, creature, or land. When you discard a card to untap your temple bell, which right. makes everybody draw a card, you tap your temple bell again, make everybody draw a card. And you can just cycle through everybody's entire deck until you hit your Ulamog. Because remember, we play Ulamog. Right. And if I'm finishing the game this way, I don't need the Ulamog, so I discard the Ulamog, shuffling my graveyard back into my library. Yep. So I've got a full library again, and everybody else is on empty. Right? Dang. Does Ulamog do that too? No. Okay. Uh, no. A couple other quick one-off ways to win would be like generating infinite mana with Grim Monolith and... Power Artifact? Power Artifact, thank you. And... Once you have infinite mana, you could blue sun zenith somebody to death, making right. them draw their whole library. You could white sun zenith at the end of somebody's turn to make a million yeah. two two cat tokens. Yeah, infinite dudes. Yeah. Start your turn and attack for the win. Yes. I like blue sun zenith particularly though because you can use it earlier in the game to draw your own hand of cards full. Right. And then find it again with some kind of tutor. And get in there, yeah. Right? And it runs things like... This is one of those decks we talked about a couple weeks ago where it's one of those decks that's not built around doing a combo. It's got a bunch of efficient combos built into it. Yeah. And it wins in, by finding I guess in a, in a general control shell, right? Yeah. If you've got infinite mana, for example, there are, well, we said earlier, eight tutors yep. for you to find what you need, right? And for example, you've got another one, great control card, great combo card with right. the right shell. You've got Mindslaver. Ooh, uh, and everybody hates Mindslaver. Yeah. But again, if you can finish the game with it, then you, then it's okay. then you win and it's over, right? Yeah. So Mindslaver is a six drop artifact. You pay four, tap, sack it. You may control target player during that player's next turn. You make all the decisions that they make. And what's the best play with Mind Slaver? Just by the way, cheaty face. Cheaty face. You, you put a cheaty face. You take it out of your pocket, put it on the table. You don't notice. <laughs> you don't notice. That's the. It's the best. If you don't know what a cheaty face is, look it up oh, and then then buy face. a few. They're it's a, the it's most. It's an unhinged fun. card. Yeah, it's so excellent. Yeah, yeah, not really legal, but I mean, again, it says right on the card. We how talked it works. about in our archetype episode of uh, yeah. playing cards that are fun, right? Exactly. And as long as your play group's cool with it, like we talked about. Um, Super secret tech. Ashnod's coupon is another one that's big yeah. for us because we drink when we play. Yeah. And it's a zero drop. You can find it with Tezzeret. There it is. Oh, most yeah. excellent. I used to play Ambiguity in one of my decks. I still don't oh, even yeah. know what that card I, even does. I actually does. told you what that card does. And yeah. despite being ambiguous, it's not even good. No, it's terrible. It's, it's, terrible. A, it's a terrible card. Yep. It actually is contra to what a blue deck typically wants to do. Yep. It's a, it should be green. And the uh, the Mind Slaver example goes along with the Academy Ruins, which puts target artifact card from your graveyard onto the top of your library, and it's a land. And if you have a bunch of infinite turns or infinite mana, yep. I guess you could take control of a bunch of turns. And Yeah, and you don't even need to. I mean, if there's just me and you left in a game, and I control every one of your turns a la Mind Slaver, yep. and then I take my turn, and yep. 
control your turn yeah. with my turn? Yeah. yeah tap you down. An Academy Ruins is so sick because you can get back your scroll rack or your top or some important artifact that's integral to your game, right? Even your Temple Bell or your, I guess, your Planar Portal, which lets you search every turn and lets you tutor every turn. Right. And that goes infinite with Beacon of Tomorrows, which shuffles back into your library like the uh, Zenith is. Zenith. Do. Yes. Right? Let's you take an extra turn and shuffle back into your library. So that's combo bleeding into control. Yep. But any of those combo cards are fairly good on their own. Yes. And let you gain some advantage Incremental throughout the game. Advantage. Yeah. Prior to the the end of the game where yep. you inevitably win. Yeah, where you're getting in with a finisher or one of those combos just happens to pop up. Yeah. So or happens to pop up because you've just drawn twenty five cards and it's in those twenty five cards. Yes. Okay, so moving on to the milk list. Yeah, I've never done this before. I'll have to get out my spectacles. Spectacles, if you will, yes. So we're looking at the milk list for this car this deck. Yep. Okay. Let's 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 do this. In the zero drop slot, mono this is blue white? Yep. Blue white. Number one card. Pact of negation. No. But I wish I was. Is that because you don't have any? Uh, I painted three of them and sold them on eBay as part of paying for my wife's engagement ring. <laughs> so oh, no, I don't have no, anymore. It's, it's worth it. He loves you, Rebecca. There you go. The one drop slot, Sol Ring. Yes. Absolutely. Number two, Cyclonic Rift. Yes. boy. Every blue deck plays that <laughs> yes, card. It, yes, it does. Yeah, opposite mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for that one. In the three drop slot, we have Detention Sphere. Ooh, no, I don't. Oh, I didn't even but think of that one. That's good. I play Oblivion Ring. Do I? If I play Oblivion Ring, I should be playing Detention Sphere because doesn't it hit all things with the same name, Oblivion Ring style? Yeah. That's yeah, really good. Mm, nah, I'm not playing either of those. Can be used as a sweeper for uh, tokens. Ooh. Uh, after that, we got Supreme Ver- Supreme Verdict. Yep. boy. Wait, how many are we on? This is the fourth. This is four drop. Four drop. Four I've drop. played three of them so far. Yes. Damn it. Number five, we've got Venser the Sojourner. Yes. Ah, how about Sun Titan in six? Yes. In seven, we've got Angel of Serenity. No. All right. Eight, we've got Dig Through Time. Nope. How about nine, we have Iona. Nope. How about at Omniscience at ten? Nope. Temporal Trespass? Nope. Blightsteel Colossus? Nope. Emrakul the Promised End? Nope. Blink Moth Infusion? Nope. Emrakul Aeon Storm? Nope. Island? Yes. boy. There it is. <laughs> I like how Blink Moth Infusion was in there again. I hate that card. It's just everywhere. Everywhere you go is Blink Moth Infusion. I think it's like the only thing that costs 14. Yeah. That's mono blue. Or that's blue white, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, That card's mono blue. Yeah, that card's terrible. Uh, What do we have? So seven matches. Seven Seven matches. That's okay. That's like 50% 50% of what the most common yeah and a lot of the ones that are on there that you don't play aren't really on theme per se like an iona wouldn't really belong in a deck like this yeah it's too big certainly an excellent control card for sure but i don't think it really goes necessarily in this deck with the way that you have it constructed it's got a lot it's a lot more grindy controlly good metagame example yes right if you know everybody's playing aggro decks and you know four out of the eight aggro decks in your six out of the eight aggro decks in your meta share a common color I own that bitch. I own is a good one. Yeah. I own on green is a good one at our table. Yeah. I own on green. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Stupid green. (laughs) Okay. Spice calculator. Here we go. So at the time we uploaded this list and did the notes, we had 623 lists on edhrec.com for Grant Arbiter. He's the second most popular Orzorius commander. uh, Behind Brago. Behind Brago. Brago. I didn't say this. Yeah. That's a thing, right? Yeah. That surprised me. Brago. That's a thing. 
Yeah. Average converted mana cost, 3.4. That's pretty high. That's pretty well, that's about where most EDH decks live. It's Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I would say three. I think between yeah, I would say three and three point five, right? Yeah, three, three and a half, trending a little lower just because aggro is becoming a little that bit more. That is a thing. Follow EDH rec on Twitter. They yep. post stuff like that. Yes, they do. Yep. Critical turn, max that out at five because yep. it's a control deck. It can win with those infinite combos as early as like turn three. Sure. Provided you have blue, blue, blue available to you. Yeah. But generally it doesn't. I suppose in a who's the beatdown analysis kind of matchup, you could play a strictly pure control like Talran deck that we talked about two weeks ago right. that is playing mono control dot deck. And maybe if I had Force of Will backup or if I did put Pact of Negation in there, counter something to land it and then infinite out, make you draw your whole deck. Something like that. Yep. Could happen. Could happen. Right. Optimal game size, again, max that out six plus because this one is equipped to deal the long game. Long game, many, lots of people. Many players, right? Yes, it is. Uniqueness rating, actually pretty good. 28 unique cards. That's not bad at all. But eight tutors crushed the spice rating yeah. to the tune of 30.6. Ooh. That's actually not terrible. That's, that's not terrible. That's not terrible. What was, what was Cranko from last week? Cranko was 21.5. Yeah, so even less. Even less. That is like maybe the second or third lowest next to Zata that we've ever done. Yep. And again, that's why we call it Zata effect, right? This one doesn't suffer from Zata effect because you could spice to taste based on your meta. Yeah, you can play different. We're talking about with with Rest in Peace. Yeah. And after your, I guess your air quotes, standard control shell, you can, well, to the tune of 28 cards... Put in kind of what you need to put in. Yeah, and again, like with our, we were, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but the budget on this deck is well out of reach. Ridiculous. For your casual human. The, the, this might is this our most expensive deck yet? I think it is. A lot um, of the ones we talk about that are minor expensive because I have so much foiling in mind. Um, this one's just a straight up dick pig for money. I think that sixty-two land a tog tog was expensive because it played a bunch of duels and fetches and shocks. Right. And I know when you go to our CCO page on tappedout.net, you'll find more expensive decks than this, but not that we've talked about. Right. Oh, and I did receive an Atraxa list online from somebody that was, remember, like $3,400. Yeah. This one is 20, or sorry, is fourteen seventy five. That's a lot. And we are talking about... And it's not just land-based. Like, a lot of these is because of the land-based. We're talking major money. We're talking about Jace the Mind Sculptor. Let's just read some of the heavy hitters here. Jace the Mind Sculptor, Power Artifact, Transmute Artifact is a tutor. We're talking about multiple turn spells, Snapcaster Mage. Ulamog ain't cheap anymore. Ulamog ain't cheap, and neither is the other one. Yeah, because right, he plays he's playing standard, but we're also talking about things like force of will, intuition, mana drain, things that are just ridiculous expensive because yes. they're old, right? Right, they're hard to find. I actually even used to play a moat in this deck because I have an Italian moat. Oh, and uh, el moto. I think I took moat out for something like Ulamog. Right. Just so I could jam a different win condition in there because Moat wasn't helping me accomplish what I... Because eventually somebody's going to get flying and they're going to beat you to death with it. Yeah. Or maybe I took Moat out and put Humility in. Once Ulamog found its way in, Humility should find its way out for Moat. I don't know. Maybe Ulamog as an attacker doesn't go good with either of those. Humility makes all creatures on the battlefield one-ones with no abilities. Right. And Moat says... 
creatures without flying can't attack. Correct. They're both bad with Ulamog. Yeah. But, but I mean, you have, other, you have other ways to control win. cards. You can still bounce and replay Ulamog over and over again to get benefit. You know what I like? So there's nothing if wrong with it. Ulamog gets stolen by your my win condition is your win condition dot deck. Yep. I can play the humility and make your Ulamog a 1 1 now and kill it. Yeah. And then I get my Ulamog back because it hits my graveyard, shuffles back into my library. Yep. Then I just tutor for it. Yeah, because you're playing so many damn tutors. Yeah. And then bounce my humility, play Ulamog, destroy whatever it is you have, and then kill you. Yep. Ooh. That's, again, yeah. that's another super control play. Yeah, because it's vicious. Ah. Vicious. And that's, that's why, uh, I mean, maybe that's the other reason people don't like control decks is because, I mean, in a big game, it can dispatch a lot of threats and it can it can straight up just F you everybody. Yeah, yeah. all the time. It's tough. It's tricky. S- speaking of effing everybody, we're talking about potential cuts to maybe make this deck even better. Yeah. Spell Crumple is in there. And Spell Crumple was originally from the Commander products. It was right. blue, blue, one counter spell. Right. And we'll just give it the official read here. It is counter target spell. If that spell is countered this way, put it on the bottom of its owner's library instead of into that player's graveyard. And then put spell crumple on the bottom of its owner's library. It's a recurring counter spell, and it really, it, Tuck is really strong in EDH, and I think that's why they took it, they nerfed it a little yeah, bit with the it's commander. A, it's a feel bad when it happens to your commander because it totally shuts down some decks. The Voltron decks. Yeah. Now, the original reason that Spell Crumple was in here is because I play Intuition. Right. And Intuition is one of the, I guess, few instant or sorcery tutors. In this case, I'm looking for instance with Intuition because Intuition puts it right into your hand. Right. Okay? And you can search for, let's say, Counterspell, Force of Will, Spell Crumple, or any combination of three Counterspells. Right. Intuition says two of them go into your graveyard one of them goes into your hand, right? And if you cast Spell Crumple, you can always find it again with Intuition. Yes. And it's a recurrable counter spell that you can tutor for and not put on the top of your deck, for example. Yes. Right? So just another kind of F you to the rest of the rules of magic and why Intuition is so expensive because you can search for effects that are redundant in EDH when you're not supposed to have redundancy. Yes. Which is very powerful. Yes, it is. I don't think we talk about redundancy enough, do we? Well, I think it's just one of those things that comes into play when you're talking EDH. You're just assuming that a lot of redundancy isn't there, and we talk about spice calculators and tutors. Tutors make your desk less spicy because they are redundancy. Redundancy, or and, whatever they tutor for. That's yeah. right. And the more I guess, times I guess you, that goes... Yep. The more times you do the same thing, the less spicy your deck is. The less redundancy. unique your... Each individual yeah. gameplay experience, right? Exactly. Even saying the word redundant is like, ugh. ugh. How about redundant? Ha! Ha! <laughs> Good one. I like that. Yeah, I'm so lame. So <laughs> spell crumple, I mean, I know why it's in there because I put it in there for that reason. Exactly. But it's kind of just a tuck doesn't exist anymore for commanders. And a lot mm-hmm. of the time you would tutor for a counter spell, for three counter spells with intuition, one of them being spell crumple when they cast their commander. Because they don't want to leave you with a force of will or a mana drain in your hand and then have the, sorry, they don't want to leave you with a force of will or a mana drain, so they pick the spell crumple and then have their commander tucked. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Such a freaking control play. Because if they, yeah, if they, if they give you the force of will, then you can counter their commander for free and still have counter mana up because I have more counters in my hand. Or... They could 
give you the mana drain. The mana drain. Mana drain your commander. Then you have a bunch of mana next turn to cast Ulamog. Pro tip. Pro tip. Never let them have the mana drain. <laughs> Pro tip. Or what's ever. the what's the new mana drain? Uh, plasma capture, right? Plasma capture. Plas plasma. Plasma capture is blue, blue, green, green counter target spell at the beginning of the next pre combat main main phase. Your pre next pre combat main phase. Yeah, you get an amount of mana equal to the converted mana cost of the countered spell. Yeah, that's how mana drain works too. Except it costs blue, blue. Yeah, counter target it's spell. One hundred percent better. Yeah. It's also so 25,000% awesome. more money. Yeah, it's $190 now. Duh. Yeah. Some, some schmo received a mana drain for free in the mail somewhere in the world. Chances are it wasn't somebody who um, knows what magic is, but I ordered a mana drain online, and for months it didn't come. And I got in contact with the website, and they're like, just wait, it shows that it's shipped. I never got it, and I finally called them and was like, okay, where's my stuff? I spent like $200. This is back when Mana Drain was cheaper. Right. And they're like, okay, we're resending it. There was a glitch or something. The post office never confirmed it was delivered. Some dude probably got a Mana Drain on yeah, the cheap. The mailman <laughs> probably looked in it. Was like, yeah. He's like, hey, crap. this feels like a top loader. Opened it up. Mana Drain, yeah. Are you kidding me? I quit. I'm retiring selling this Mana Drain. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. The other thing I don't like in the deck is Condemn because the creature has to be attacking for it to die. What do you think? Uh, condemn you could well, you are, you're playing swords and path right oh yeah so condemn isn't too bad I There's don't think I don't think condemn is bad I mean you give them life much like swords yes they could have a on attack effect but I mean if you're gonna play something that only targets an attacking creature I think that that's not a bad one it's one mana remove a creature from the game that's pretty good like what else are you gonna do you play pongify Talked about Pongify a while ago. Oh, I like that one. Pongify is a good card. That's one, that's for one blue, right? Just blue. Yep. Blue, blue instant. Destroy target creature. They get a 3-3 three, three green ape. Ape. That's right. Yeah. Like, yeah, they get a green ape, but they don't have a Isn't worm there one coil that makes engine a snake? anymore. Uh, snake form. Snake form turns it into a snake until end of turn. Yeah. It's also green. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. That's green and blue, yeah. Green, blue. That's right. Yeah. But yeah I, I don't know. I think Pongify might... Might be better based on what Not, you're playing. The creature doesn't have to attack. So if you've got something up that I need to get rid of just yeah. right now, yeah, I need that blocker out of that the way. That you're not going to attack with yeah. anyways. Yeah. You need that to do what you're doing. I think it might be a better pick. All right, you got yeah. a foil one? Uh, yes, I think I do actually. I think I do. Came in planar chaos. You probably have a foil one. No Came in commander 2014 in the mono blue deck. Like I've I've got it. So maybe I slipped that in. No, I, wait, I, hold on a second. Yeah. I don't actually own this deck. This is all theorycraft that I just built on tapout.net. <laughs> I don't actually own it. You own all of this stuff. Or I own all one? the stuff, but yeah. it's all in different decks now. Right. It's yeah. been dispersed. That's right. I think I turned most of it into an Aloro, Ad Nauseum, Doomsday, yeah. Lab Maniac deck. Yeah. You turned it into an even more douchier combo Ooh, control deck. Yes. And you made it an even, an even worse thing. I remember you saying that. I'm playing a Loro because I'm not even using the black or whatever. The white. The white. The white. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be somebody else, and I turned it into a Loro, like I've said on the cast before, strictly so I could use Pull from Eternity yeah. just in case Lab Maniac gets exiled. Yeah. But since then, I've added like Command Tower and Tundra and stuff and Vindicate. Yep. And I think Swords and Path, just in case, just because it's a control, so, yeah, control would, yeah. combo deck like yeah. this one, right? It's exactly. the same thing except add black. Right. Yeah. That's a thing. Add black, add, add 
ad nauseum. Yeah. So, but to keep the deck as it is now, I don't think there's a lot of cuts really to be made. I mean, I would just me personally, I would try and play the other Ulamog, but that's just because I like to do that kind of stuff. Just again, redundancy, right? He's not as good as as Ulamog, but Nulamog is. He's play a really both. good card. Yeah, play them both if you can get them in there. Just do it. Or uh, he's better than Arcanus. Arcanus draws oh, yeah, you three and cards, Arcanus but he's is in slower there. than hell, yeah. And he's uh, he's another way to combo with Mind Over Matter. Yeah. Uh, that you don't have to throw cards away. So what else you got? What are you thinking? Like what else uh what else you want to say about this well, control I, monstrosity? I think well that's exactly it. It's a monstrosity. And I think the important thing to remember when you're playing control is analyze the whole board. Mm-hmm. You're not any better at playing well, unless you are any better at playing magic than anybody else you're playing with. Yeah. Playing a Blue base control deck doesn't automatically make you better. Yep. And it should be noted that you do want to always have a plan. And we talked yes. about planning a couple weeks ago on the archetype ep- episode. Yep. It's important to follow through with that plan when you play. It's important to adjust to the beatdown. Right. Generally with this deck or this kind of deck, you won't be the beatdown. But stick to it and watch the game. Pay attention because there's nothing worse than playing a control deck than playing a control deck that can't finish the game because he's not paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. Or a control deck that just has no finishers. Yes. So Both of the, Well, they're basically the same thing. Yeah. Get yeah. get your shit together when yeah. you're playing the deck. You know what you're doing. Right? Don't be inefficient with your yeah. plays. With an aggro deck, you want to know what all of your pieces do in the machine. With a control deck, you want to know what every play you make is for. Yeah. Everything should be furthering your game Everything along, not just stopping somebody else. Yeah. Everything has a purpose. And... You make sure you're you're purposing when the purposing is right. Exactly. Yeah. Like there will be times where you you can see them they're on edge and you just want to push them over and make sure they start going to start making play mistakes. So you counter their shitty spell. You do it. That's a thing. Because it's mental magic. It's the game within the game. That's that's the thing that comes up. That's a that's a Brando tip right yeah. there. But that's if you're, like Brando removal. Exactly. <laughs> it removes them from the game from their brain. And then you're going to take them from there as long as you can keep your cool and not go untailed after they start beating the living hell out of you. Okay, last thing. Card of the week. Card of the week. I kind of want to pick something like Mana Drain or Force of Will, but that's not where I'm going to go because those are triple-digit price tag cards. Yeah, don't be doing that. I want... Ooh, you know who I like? You know who we talked about before the show that we didn't give mention to? Right. Azorius Guildmage. Azoria's Guildmage. That's and, a good one. And he's like a couple bucks. Is she even a couple she, bucks? She is. I think the foil promo, like pre-release one or whatever, or game day one, sure, is dollar eighty-eight. I think. Okay. On. So you'll be able to you'll be able to pick these up somewhere. They're uncommon. You can oh yeah, exactly. And it was in Commander twenty eleven, like the first deck. It's blue white, blue white, right? So Azorius, Azorius hybrid for a right. two two. It's got two abilities. The first one, and it's a wizard, which is probably relevant. It could to be relevant. Lots of people, not yeah. in this deck, but. It is a relevant ability or creature type. Uh, First ability is white two tap target creature. Pretty good. Tap a creature. Yeah. Control is a creature. Yeah. Beginning of combat on your opponent's turn, you just say, I'm going to tap that, tap that, whatever. Six mana. Stops that Voltron. Stops the Voltron as long as it doesn't have Shroud, right? Yep. And the other one is blue two counter target activated ability. That is that is why it's card of the week. Yeah, so good. Yeah, counter target fetch land. Counter target equip. Yeah. On that Voltron again. There it is, yeah. Counter target 
tap to draw a card on Arcanus. Yeah. If Stop Cranko from making a billion goblins. Oh, yeah. Counter target, make a billion goblins. Yeah, it's it's a really... I think stifle effects are underrated in EDH. And oh, this is... Yeah. I, I'm not going to say it's the best Who's stifle Who's going to jam a stifle, though, right? Why, why would you when you could just play Azoria's Guildmage? Well, because stifle is activated or triggered ability. Yes, which is I also think good. stifle countering a uh, triggered ability is probably better than an activated ability. Yeah, but this is one you can do all that. You can do over and over again on the same turn. Oh, yeah. Get your Azorius Guildmage and get your Stifle effects, kids. Yeah, stifle, stifle, Trick Bind, and... Mm, void, void Slime. slime. And then there's new Void Slime, too. Yeah. It's Blue Blue One does the same thing, but it doesn't have green in it. Get that spell, yeah, too. Get that one, too. It's very good. Unless you can get Foil Promo Full Art Void Slime. That's the card you want. Ooh. That's the one I need for my collection I don't have. Yeah. So if anybody has one of those, wants to send it in with that Shahrazad we asked for a little while ago, do it up. Do it up. And yep. do up the retweets. Do up the comments, the likes, subscribes, the shares, the tell your friends. Yep. We want to get our name pimped out there like a bunch of dirty whores. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, pimp us out. It'll be great. And we will bribe you in the form of various magic packs. Yeah. I think we're just going to go to our local game store and see what they have available. And it's not going to be. I think we've mentally decided that yeah. it's not going to be anything that's super recent. So yeah. you can hopefully get something that you haven't seen or experienced. Yeah, you get something but, super fun. Yeah, but something that you haven't seen in a long time if you're an experienced player or something that you haven't ever maybe seen ever if yeah. you're a newer player. And it'll be fun. It'll be something cool to sit around drinking a couple of beers or eating cookies or whatever you're doing, learning some cards with your friends. I want to do all of those things. We should go to the Thirsty Scholar tonight after the car show. Yes, absolutely. We'll do it up. Yep. All right, we're going to go do that. You guys go get your Azorius Guild Mages and your, stif your stif Stifle Effects. We're going to get some beers on our wives. And we'll see you back here next week on another Commander Cookout podcast. Hit our theme song. <laughs>